0: I'm Hannah Trum, and this is the HIPAA Critical Podcast.
1: HIPAA's privacy and security rules require healthcare organizations to adopt processes and procedures to ensure the highest degree of patient confidentiality. It makes sense. Patients desire their information to be secure and rely on you to keep it safe and confidential. Personal health information, or PHI, can be created, stored, or transmitted in many formats through verbal conversations, written documents over computer software or hardware, and in various other forms. All require security and confidentiality measures to be implemented.
0: If you work in healthcare, you know what HIPAA is. But do you and your organization understand how to maintain HIPAA compliance when it comes to email security and encryption? Is HIPAA compliance a one-size-fits-all situation? How do organizations keep their employees and their partners compliant and safe? Today, Sierra Langston sits down with Ian Gregory of Family Billing Solutions and Travis Taylor of Pawbox to discuss email encryption, the HHS wall of shame, how to keep your staff, partners, and yourself educated on the vague but vast world of HIPAA compliance.
2: Ian, can you tell us about your company, what industry you guys are in, what do you guys do, and whom you serve? That would be great.
3: Hi, Sierra. My company is Family Billing Solutions. We are functionally a business-to-business organization. We work with uh, existing healthcare professionals who are in small and or solo practices to deliver billing solutions and some practice management guidance to them. Primarily, we work with complementary alternative um, healthcare um, companies, acupuncturists, chiropractors, naturopaths, and uh, our primary role for them is the administrative side of billing and collections.
2: Okay, great, and why did you start Family Billing Solutions?
3: So, actually, I'm a chiropractor by training, and back in 2017, I suffered a catastrophic injury and was no longer able to practice. Uh, But but I was able to leverage both my um, teaching experience as an educator and also my practice experience, both uh, clinically and also administratively, into a company. We have a very good friend who owns a very large billing company who works with big companies, but she couldn't handle small companies, and she said, "You guys are perfectly placed to to help smaller companies." And um, and so we decided um, very quickly to start a company and we've grown tremendously despite what the economy's done and despite COVID. Yes. Um, but um, I liken a, a lot of what we do to being in practice. We, we do a lot of diagnosing problems and coming up with treatment plans to solve them for our providers. Uh, so at least I can fulfill some of that experience that I have.
2: Yeah. And I'm so glad. I mean, it's good to hear that you turned a negative into a positive positive. and Travis, can you tell us about your role and mission at Pawbox?
1: Yeah, of course, Sierra. Yeah. So I'm an account executive here at Palbox. That just means simply that I'm I'm on the sales team here. Um, but really what what I like about my, my duties and responsibilities is serving as an advisor on best email security practices, and then really as an educator on HIPAA compliant email. There's just so much out there that organizations need to know. And that's where I take responsibility to educate them on new industry trends. What is everyone else doing? just to provide that recommendation and support that they might not have known otherwise. And from my experience talking with other healthcare organizations, just trying to help move everyone into the more modern times when it comes to communication. So at a high level in my mission is really just trying to help organizations communicate as effectively as they can without sacrificing security. Because when it comes to HIPAA compliant email, you have to be right 100% of the time. So you need solutions and products that are going to remove that human element and make sure that you're set up for success as you scale and in the long term.
2: Yes. And I'm so glad that you're on today because you're one of our technical experts. And I absolutely love that. You'll probably provide some great knowledge to our listeners. And Ian, when was Family Building Solutions founded? You talked about kind of why it was founded, but when was it founded and what prior experience do you bring to your company that makes you a good fit for your clients, aside from being a great chiropractor? (laughs)
3: <laughs> so we started our company in, in January of 2018, and um, and the things that that I bring and my wife, who's an acupuncturist too, um, we're co-owners of the company. Right. Uh, we bring the the clinical experience, not from the standpoint of treating patients, but the flow of of practice life, you know what, how we work and how providers work and treat patients and what time they have and don't have. We also bring, or I bring, especially the practice management side of things. I have spent a tremendous amount of time working on the technical aspects of practice, the software side of things, um, the communication side of things. And so we, we bring those tools with us. And then the last thing is education. I was heavily involved um, in education at the post-secondary level mm. and you know, when I communicate with our providers, it's not just yes, no kind of answers. It's, well, this is the answer, and here's how you find it in the future, or, or here's some good resources to help you with this. Mm-hmm. And that is especially true when you get into incredibly complex things like HIPAA compliance. Uh, you right. say the word HIPAA, and our providers just cringe and or turn
1: their brains off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those providers, they didn't go to school to learn about HIPAA. They went to school to learn about their specialty and how to treat patients, and to get that, you know, specialty knowledge about how to be an expert in their field. So that's really why here at Box we're posting blogs constantly. And trying to keep up on industry trends, read newsletters because HIPAA is just so vast and at the same time can be so vague, which is really troubling for a lot of providers. And a lot of times when incidents do happen, it's just by accident, it's not negligence. Um, and sometimes they just need to be aware and informed, like you're saying, Ian, of what are some of the best practices that they need to do. And luckily, there's companies like yourself that help them run the administrative side because, again, they went to school to learn how to treat patients. They didn't necessarily know, learn how to run a business.
2: Right. Right. Great insight, Trav.
3: I think the educational component of what we do cannot be underestimated. We work with other billing companies. And when I talk with the people who who run those companies and and own those companies, they understand the business side of running a billing company, but they don't necessarily understand the, the business side of running a practice and what information the practices need and how you can manage both giving them as much as they need and as, and as little as you, they can handle at the same time. When you're drugging, juggling three things at once, it's very helpful to have some concise information. Uh, my conversation with Travis when I originally looked at Pawbox as a solution for our company was a phenomenal conversation because he understood where I was coming from and I understood the direction he was going. And the other side of it is simplicity. You know, we have some customized software that we use and it's simple to use. You know, you look at some of these software packages for for healthcare practices and they're overwhelming. Oh, yeah. And one thing that Pawbox does is it's not overwhelming. There's not a layer of encryption on top of encryption. You're not dealing with multiple layers and multiple accesses and extra passwords because it's a passive system that actively runs in the background and prevents you from making unsecure connections. Our providers... Um, a, we can identify who has unsecured email, even though they told us they don't, <laughs> right. um, you know, because they don't realize what I'm asking. Um, and the other side of it is, is that um, it, it gives us an opportunity to, to educate them on communicating with their patients.
2: Yeah. And it kind of feeds into the next question. So many of your clients don't understand HIPAA or their eyes glaze over when you talk about it um, and why they need to be compliant. So can you tell us more about this and how you kind of educate them on uh, the need for it?
3: Yeah, so when I talk with providers um, and they communicate with me in the beginning, before we bring them on in the onboarding process, we say, listen, how do you communicate both with us and with your provider, with your mm-hmm. patients rather? And they say, well, oh, oftentimes we text message or oftentimes they'll email me. And I said, now, are they signing a piece of paper saying that it's okay to, to communicate with them their clinical information via email or they or text message. I said, because that's the kind of authorization information you specifically need. They have to positively enroll or have to positively give permission for you to send them those types of communications. It's no mm-hmm. problem to use text it's no problem to use email in practice, but the patients have to give their consent for that. And, um, and I said, the same thing happens with us uh, in our business. We don't just randomly send emails out to our providers. We have them confirm that their email is HIPAA compliant. We have right. them confirm that they store their information or their data in a HIPAA compliant manner. And it's not hard to do those things as long as you're aware that it needs to be done. And the problem is, is most of our providers don't know where to go or how to do it. I think this the easiest one, and, I, and I'm while I'm while I like Google um, Apps for Business, or what now is called Google Workspaces. From, from a user standpoint, it's incredibly easy to set up, and and the fact that Pawbox just plugs right into it makes life so easy.
2: Right, and I've heard that the HIPAA you know guidelines are pretty vague from a lot of podcast guests, so maybe that contributes to the issue. And you know, again, this leads into my next question: Why do you think many small healthcare practices struggle with understanding? or meeting HIPAA requirements.
3: I think there's there's a two components. One is education that there might not be or has not been a good source of education for this information. You know, most providers when they do professional education as continuing education, uh, it is clinical type stuff for you you get CE credits. Mm, you don't yeah. get CE credits when you do administrative type stuff and running a practice. And that's actually what this is. This is an administrative role in a practice. So so there's that and then there's the fear component or the ostrich component that if, if I don't think about it then, then it doesn't exist and I don't have to worry about it and we know that that is not true. Right. Um, we know that, that, that is a big issue uh, and and besides HIPAA, ADA compliance is a whole nother issue that's recently come up, um, particularly in the acupuncture profession.
2: And you talked about this a little bit, but what sparked your need for a HIPAA compliant email? We talk about these this a lot in our blogs and on this podcast and so on and so forth. So curious to get your opinion.
3: So what a lot of companies don't recognize, not providers, but companies who provide service to providers or especially small ones, is that when we handle our providers' data, we have to assure them that we're going to handle it in a HIPAA compliant manner. When I give our clients a business associate agreement, it's not me giving it to them. It's me signing one that they've given essentially to me. I've given them a a form that shows that we intend to hold their data in a HIPAA compliant manner. And from the beginning Uh, When my wife and I were forming our company and we said, okay, what solutions do we need in place? Um, We originally were collecting uh, patient data, patient information via a HIPAA compliant Um, Essentially, Google spreadsheet. And if you work within a Google domain uh, where you have an address, our company's familybilling.com. So if you were a user at familybilling.com and you're sending messages to me at familybilling.com, that stays within our server and there's no HIPAA compliance issues with that. Mm -hmm. So initially when we first started our company, all of our providers had an email address on our domain. So they would log into our system and that worked great, except when we changed our platform and they really didn't need that access and it costs money to maintain that, that access and the usage. Uh, and the other side of it is that providers were then I found out were then taking that email address and affording it to their non-secure email. <laughs> so we decided that we needed a more proactive approach to, to managing how we communicate with our providers in a HIPAA compliant manner. But the the initial um, access was just deciding how can we communicate with our providers with protected health information uh, for their patients, make it as easy as possible, but at the same time be secure. And providers, I don't want to say they're lazy. They don't have time. So you need to make it as as easy and as trouble-free as possible for them.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad you said easy as possible because, you know, we talk about this a lot, user error contributes to PHI breaches and, you know, because our solution is so easy and it kind of runs in the background. Um, it um, is easier for our clients and customers.
1: Yeah. And if I could give a shout out to Julie Haney, who works over at NIST and was a speaker at Palwalk Secure. I mean, she took a quote that I'm, I use every day. and It's that usability and security need to coexist. Mm. You know, Ian, you made a point earlier. If people aren't using it, then, then what's the point? If people aren't opening their encrypted emails, Access their medical records or their discharge information, then what's the point? So, the whole there, there needs to be that harmony and fusion between those two aspects. And what we've seen is a lot of complications from just the actual usability of it. Usability is one
3: aspect, but there's the educational component of how do you use it properly. Uh, and yeah. with, for example, Pawbox, there is no question about how to use it properly, it, it happens already in the background. There There is no for us, n- nothing that we have to do on our end to make sure we're being HIPAA compliant. And for the providers, as long as they're running an encrypted connection, which 95% are by default, but they don't know it, um, they are also in transmitting data in a HIPAA compliant manner.
2: And here at Pawbox, we do the HIPAA breach report every month. Essentially, what we do is we look at the HHS wall of shame, and we kind of categor- categorize all the breaches and if they occur over email, so on and so forth. And so, Trav, can you summarize the findings of our uh, February HIPAA breach report?
1: Yeah, of course. And again, it's the ones that are reported. Oh, uh, yes. Because yeah. there are for sure ones that are out there that maybe have just skated by or really that people just don't know yet. Right. So, so what we've seen in, in, previ- in many previous months is that data breaches via network servers continue to affect the most people while email breaches occur the most frequently. So to give you some actual like numbers to, to chew on there, there is over 646,000 patient records affected by network server breaches in January. Uh, but really the number is slightly skewed because there was one breach that took up a little over 640,000 of that entire uh, amount. For email breaches, there is over 248,000 patient records affected. And then by occurrence, network breaches had seven incidents And email had 12 incidents.
2: Right. And so I've been at Pawbox close to 12 months. I think I'm at my nine month mark. And since I've been here, I've been doing helping with the HIP reach report and email is always at the top. So that is, you know, just pushes our need and for education awareness to the market about, um, you know, email being a huge threat actor.
1: Email is the the most convenient, but definitely can present the most vulnerabilities uh, when you're using it. So that's why you always need to have a secure solution. And like you said, Ian, the training, and the focus of your end users to being able to actually use that product that the organization invested in.
2: Well, Ian and Travis, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
1: Pleasure. Thank you, Sierra.
0: To learn more about HIPAA compliance, email encryption, or to read the HIPAA Breach Report published monthly by Pawbox, head to pawbox.com slash blog for guides, articles, and educational pieces to keep your organization educated and safe. Mark your calendars. Our next free webinar will take place on June 2nd at 10 a.m. Pacific. Our panelists include Travis Taylor of Pawbox and Tony Useda velez of Versprite, and they will discuss the ever-evolving threat landscape in healthcare. This webinar will be moderated by Patty Padmanabhan of Dalma Consulting, and it's completely free to attend. If you'd like to register, please send me an email at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at pawbox, P-A-U-B-O-X.com or simply head to pawbox.com slash webinars. Have you attended one of our Zoom social mixers? Each month, our customers and non-customers gather to network and discuss industry's trends with their peers. Every attendee will receive a free adult beverage of their choice delivered to their door day of and attendance is completely free. If you'd like to attend, please email me at hannah at pawbox.com and I will get you registered. As always, you can listen to every episode of the Hypocritical Podcast on pawbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Hypocritical Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Trump, signing out.